Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Caruso, right wing, jab step, puts up a three. He got it. Willie Caruso stays hot from beyond the arc. Hands off to Wirtz. He fires a corner three. He's got it again. Wirtz bounces into Richards, who feeds Frankish, who does a circus shot off the glass. Count it and the foul. Edie, crossover, step back, left elbow, puts up a two, puts it in. Backdoor Caruso, the one-handed hammer. Willie Caruso brings the crowd to its feet. Welcome, everyone, to the sixth episode of the Believe in Santa Clara Sports Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, student voice of the Broncos and your source to stay up to date with Santa Clara Athletics all season long. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Believe Podcast website, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you haven't already, please rate and subscribe. Any and all feedback for the show is greatly appreciated hectic week for the Santa Clara Broncos as they play a couple of road games they finish up tomorrow night recording this podcast on a Wednesday tomorrow night they head up to Gonzaga to take on the Zags we'll touch on that at the end of the show but first a recap of last week's games uh, and before we even get to that the WCC standings are not that bizarre right now you know they're they're pretty standard Uh, Pacific lost for the first time I think everyone uh, could kind of see that coming that eventually they were going to lose some games still off to a tremendous start for head coach Damon Stoudemire and the Tigers so they're still sitting at third place in the conference Gonzaga is of course on top at number one because they're Gonzaga they're going to do what they're going to do number one team in the country only WCC school ranked in the top 25. Second is actually Santa Clara, 2-1, after they went 1-1 in their games against San Francisco and St. Mary's last week. BYU is fourth at 2-1 in conference play, 13-5 overall. St. Mary's all the way down at fifth. They're 2-2 in West Coast conference play this year, followed by San Francisco, Portland, Pepperdine, LMU, and San Diego at the bottom, 0-4 in WCC play. They're really looking like they're in for a down year. So now let's get to the Santa Clara games from last week, which were up and down. There was a lot of good. There was a lot of bad. We'll start with the stuff that was not as great, and that was the USF game on Thursday. This was the West Coast Conference road opener, and if you've been listening to this podcast, you know the Broncos have really struggled on the road this year. It has been night and day between playing at the Levy Center and playing literally anywhere else. Before I get into the game, I want to give a shout out to the Santa Clara alumni for showing up to the game where we were stationed on our KSU broadcast. We were right behind about 150 Santa Clara alumni. There were at least that many there. They were loud. They were rowdy. They were in the building and they were cheering on their Broncos. And you absolutely love to see that, especially in a road environment. It was something that Santa Clara alumni organization had organized. Tremendous support, tremendous energy. It was awesome. Made the environment a ton of fun. What was less fun was Santa Clara's performance really from the get-go. They made it interesting in the middle, but they started four of 21 from the floor and their defense give them credit their defense kept them in that game for way longer than they should have been I mean they could not hit any shots it wasn't for a lack of good looks they were really just not making their shots Keyshawn Justice was off Uh, Trey Wirtz didn't score in the first half Tajidi continues or continued to struggle in that game 
Uh, it was really just a, a down effort. Josip Vrankic didn't play well offensively. You know, their defense was keeping them in the game, but we were talking about it on the broadcast. Eventually, the offense is going to have to come around, and it was just too little too late. They ended up losing 80-61 to against the Dons. Now, they, they shoot 33% for the game, do the Broncos, but the other issue, and we thought this might be a problem coming into the game, without Willie Caruso, the starting center, who is still out with a foot injury, or a foot or calf injury is what we've been told. Santa Clara was out-rebounded 45-26. to 26. And this is a Dons team that came in with a negative rebounding margin on the year. It is not a, a team that you should lose the rebound battle to, but certainly not 45-26. to 26. And I think not having Willie Caruso really hindered the Broncos' ability to have any type of impact on the glass, particularly on the offensive glass, where Caruso, the Italian stallion, is really excellent. Um, it, so the, they got down early, and then they were coming back, and it, they were chipping away at it, you know? They were down 12 at the half, and then San Francisco opened the second half with a 5-0 run, and that made it a 17-point deficit, and Herb Sendek took a timeout. And then with 13 minutes left in the second half, you had a seven-point game. I mean, it was just a stop here, a bucket there. It wasn't anything flashy. Shots started to finally go down. It was really just good effort, good determination, not giving up. And they had it to seven, and then they played a great defensive possession. They allowed an offensive rebound. And then Josh Coonan, with one second on the shot clock for San Francisco, knocks down a 24-footer. He hadn't made, he had made one three-pointer before that. He was one of 11. He put it up out of desperation. That got the lead back to 10. San Francisco called timeout to try to stop Santa Clara's momentum because they had a bunch, and then the Broncos just never recovered. And that was really, that was the moment in the game, you know, where if Santa Clara gets a stop there, it really felt like they were going to go score, and then you have a five or a four-point game. And, you know, credit San Francisco. They stemmed the tide. They made that shot. And then they were able to just lock down the Broncos defensively and hold them to 33% shooting. So that was a discouraging sign in the week. But then we get to the excitement. And this was a St. Mary's game up in Moraga on Saturday night, a game that I'm going to go through at length because it was not just Santa Clara's best game of the year but it might have been Santa Clara's best game in the last five or six years, potentially the best game of Herb Sendek's tenure at Santa Clara. And it's not an over-exaggeration to say that. They snapped an eight-game losing streak to the Gales. They had lost five, a row, five in a row up in Moraga, and they ended those streaks with a 67-66 absolute thriller, and it was such a well-played game all around. And not just with the context of they hadn't played well on the road this year, you know, against San Francisco, Nevada, Stanford, but they hadn't played St. Mary's very well in the last couple of years. And they came out in this game, they had an edge from the get-go. I mean, you could see it. The guys were not pleased with their performance on Thursday night, rightfully so, and they were looking to make up for it and they're tired of losing to the Gales, and they went into St. Mary's. The Gales did not lose that game. Santa Clara took that game. 
They earned it, they worked for it, and they took it. It was absolutely awesome to see. I mean, everyone was playing with a heightened sense of awareness and aggression. But DJ Mitchell, Yosef Frankich, Keyshawn Justice. Have to give a shout-out to those three. We're going to hear from Yosef Frankich a little bit later in the show. But those three in particular, from the early going, they were setting the emotional tone. They were setting the physicality tone. They, they were hyping up their teammates. They were letting St. Mary's know when they made a bucket. Like It was really, really great to see that type of energy and edge and competitive nature. And, you know, I was talking to Josip Frankic. He said it's really just been a product of practice. It is They've carried over what they do in practice into the game, uh, into that game specifically, and they're just competitors. And they really competed hard, and they wanted that one and picked up a really, really good win to improve to 2-1 and one in conference play. They're now 15-3 and three on the year, currently sitting at second place in the West Coast Conference, which is a phenomenal place to be at this point in the year. And I've talked about how hard they were playing from the opening tip. That really showed at the defensive end, and this was a great defensive sequence at the end of the first half that helped Santa Clara carry over some momentum into halftime. Williams gets his hand on the pass and it's another turnover. The six for the Gales. Here's Wirtz. Left corner. Jalen Williams. Left wing three. Splash! Jalen Williams has given Santa Clara a 38-32 lead. 90 seconds to play here in the first half. That was one of 14 forced turnovers for the Santa Clara defense on Saturday night against a Gales team that leads the West Coast Conference in turnovers per game at just over 10 as a team, and they turned them over 14 times. They only committed 11 turnovers themselves. We've talked about that on the broadcast a lot this year, and it was great to see that all come together. And that strong finish to the half, you know, any team, when you're trying to pull an upset like that, Santa Clara was a 14-and-a-half-point underdog. When you're trying to pull an upset like that, a lot of teams can get off to a hot start, but sustaining it and carrying it over into the second half is where teams usually struggle and come up short. And to see Santa Clara finish that half strong and then come out of the half strong as well was really, really great to see. But you got to give props as well to St. Mary's. It really looked like the Gales were going to turn it around in the second half and ultimately come back to win this game. And that was thanks in no small part, in fact, in large part, to Jordan Ford. Uh, the, The brilliance of Jordan Ford, the West Coast Conference's leading scorer, probably the best player overall in the conference, cannot be understated. He had 30 points, 9 of 18 from the floor, 5 of 8 from beyond the arc. He was really sensational all night long. Jordan Ford, right wing, step back three. He got it. Boy, he makes that look a lot easier than it is. We are tied at 22 with 9.20 to go in the first half. It did not matter in the first half particularly who was guarding Jordan Ford. Santa Clara was switching a lot of the screens, and he was exploiting that, and his jumper was on the mark. He was getting to the bucket. He was making backdoor cuts. He's really just an impressively versatile all-around scorer. But you got to credit Santa Clara, I mean, really, particularly at the defensive end, because that defensive hustle continued into the second half and allowed them to get points and stops at times where it really felt like the Gales were on the cusp of pulling away for good. Works at the other end, kicks to Jalen Williams on the right wing, pump fake, step in, puts up a teardrop, that hits off the rim, rebound Malik Fitz, here comes St. Mary's, 
moving right to left, looking to cut into a five-point deficit, and Brankage takes the pass away. Santa Clara has a four-on-two. Justice to the bucket, hangs in the air, lays it up and in. And that was not the first time in either half, really, that Santa Clara had a turnover that led to an easy bucket in transition. That's been a, really a point of emphasis for Herb Sendek and the Broncos this year is to try to get some more easy buckets in transition. We certainly saw the fruits of that on Saturday night and helped the Broncos win this game. The other thing that was so uh, fun to watch and encouraging about this team is the way that they never quit on this game. I mean, there were two or three times in the second half where it felt like St. Mary's was, okay, they've got it now, or they're going to pull away. And Santa Clara just wouldn't let it happen. They just wouldn't. I mean, you know, they'd go down 7, 8, or 9, you know, past the midway point, and then they'd maybe turn the ball over, but then they'd answer with a stop at the other end, and then they'd come back and score, and boom, they were right back in it. And it was that type of resilience time after time, especially in the second half, that really allowed Santa Clara to get back into the game. And again, you have to credit Jordan Ford. He was really a one-man wrecking crew. He had almost half of St. Mary's points in this game. He was good all night long. He played all 40 minutes in this game. And at one point, with 10.20 to go in the second half, St. Mary's had built a nine-point lead after just a couple minutes of game time earlier, Jordan Ford gave them this bucket to help them regain the lead. St. Mary's has a chance to take the lead if they can score here. Ford has a switch on to Vrankic at the top of the key. Now gets a screen moving left, puts up a three. He's not the leading scorer in the West Coast Conference by accident. St. Mary's has regained the lead, 46-44. to 44. Justice charging on the right side, goes up strong and it comes up short. Rebound St. Mary's, crowd is starting to feel momentum shift. Ford hesitate, bulldozing his way to the bucket down the left side. He's fouled by D.J. Mitchell. He's going to go to the line for two. And Jordan Ford's got some attitude about him right now as well. I mean, he was getting the crowd into it. He was knocking down his shots. He was moving without the ball. And you could tell that he was really into this game and wanted to win it as well. And, you know, Santa Clara's defense just ultimately proved to be too much. And you got to give him credit. And Herb Sendek and the coaching staff for having these guys ready to play from the get-go. I thought he did a really nice job of utilizing timeouts to kind of stem the tide of those Gales runs. You know, when Ford had knocked down a couple threes, another guy would find a basket here or there. And then he would be able, he was able to successfully call a timeout and then drop a play to get a bucket or, you know, just kind of calm his team down and maybe let the crowd settle down a little bit because it was a packed house up in Moraga. It was a really good crowd on hand, and that's a tough thing to deal with, especially in basketball and in an arena like that where you have such a low ceiling. Uh, uh, Most of you probably haven't been there before, but it's a very low ceiling, so it can get very loud even though it's a pretty small arena. But Herb Sendek was able to keep his guys focused and driven and ultimately come out with the victory. And it was gutsy. It took grits. It took an absolute grind. It it was a thriller. And I'm going to walk you through now the last several minutes. So Santa Clara goes down seven points with 3.40 to go. They hit the under four media timeout. 
And then from there, they close the game on a 12-4 to run, and the Gales make just one field goal in the final four minutes. I mean, to say that they defended well, I think Ford's legs gave out on a couple threes, but he still ended the day five of eight, and they weren't drastically short. They were just pretty well defended by Santa Clara. Uh, I have to give a shout-out to Jalen Williams. He got switched off of Jordan Ford a number of times, so he wasn't always the man guarding him, and I know that Ford still ended up with 30 points, but when Jalen Williams was guarding Jordan Ford, he had to work hard just to get open, and then he was much less inclined to want to go one-on-one. And Jalen Williams is a true freshman, and Jordan Ford is a senior and one of the best players in the West Coast Conference. And Williams, the freshman from Gilbert, Arizona, he he really showed some stuff that night, and it was really, really impressive to watch. But clutch shots and defense down the stretch, and it was really from a variety of sources. You know, in those final four minutes, DJ Mitchell had a bucket. Josip Rankic was great. He had 22 and 10. DJ had 16 and 8. Trey Wirtz was cold throughout the game, actually, and then had five huge points down the stretch. Wirtz open, hierarchy, left wing three is good. One point game. 63 to 61 is the score, 95 seconds. Who does Santa Clara go to here down the stretch? Trey Wirtz brings it across the timeline, drives to the bucket, lays it in with the left hand. We are tied. I mean, what more can you say about Trey Wirtz? The guy stayed aggressive. And when you're one of eight from the floor, you're in a close game, you're trying to beat your rival on the road for the first time in five years and snap an eight-game losing streak to him. And he just comes down, hits two buckets in a row, ties the game, Trey Wirtz, was not the only one hitting big shots down the stretch. You heard him tie the game there. After getting a defensive stop, Santa Clara would come back down the court and go to who else but Josef Frankich, who led the team in points and rebounds in this game. And here was his go-ahead bucket. Here's Wirtz. He's got the last five for Santa Clara to Justice in the far corner. They want to go to Frankich. He is alone against Foto on the left block. Bounces his way into the lane. Spins to his left hand. Lays it in. Santa Clara, two-point lead. That came with about 45 seconds left in the game. And credit St. Mary's and Randy Bennett. They ran a very smart set on the very next possession to get themselves an open look. Jordan Ford had been the hot guy. He had 30 points. Malik Fitz had struggled. They really didn't have a second score. I mean, Fitz had 17, but like I said, 10 of those points came at the free throw line. He hadn't made a jump shot all night, but Randy Bennett, believing in his guys to the bitter end, uses Jordan Ford as a decoy and gets Malik Fitz to go ahead three. 44 seconds to play, 65-63, Santa Clara the lead. Ford with the ball up top at the S in the SMC at the center court. Gets a couple of screens, moving left, up top, Fitz, open for three in the lead. He got it! Seconds remain, and Herb Sendek is going to take a timeout. And Herb Sendek would use that timeout to try and draw up a play that St. Mary's actually defended very well. I wasn't sure exactly who they were trying to get the ball to, but the Gales ended up defending the play, and Santa Clara was left with a pick and roll up top with Josef Frankich and Trey Wirtz, which is not a bad call, frankly. I mean, those have been two of your best guys all year. They were making most of the big shots down the stretch, particularly in the last two minutes of action. 
And so that is what they end up doing. It results in a hectic final sequence. And Josip Frankic, the absolute MVP of this game for Santa Clara, he had three and ones on the night. He was active on the offensive glass. He was playing good defense. He had to play the center a lot in this game. He's a power forward by nature, but no Willie Caruso made him slide in there. And he was just sensational all game long. And this is what the hectic, hectic final possession for Santa Clara sounded like in a very rowdy environment. Alex, who do you go to here if you're Herb Sendek? Have to go to DJ Mitchell and get you a bucket from anywhere on the court. Wurtz picks up his dribble. He's trapped. Hands off to Brankic. Gives it back to Wurtz at the top of key. Trey driving down the lane. Layup is up. No good. Brankic the rebound. He can't get the putback. Rebound again and he scores. Yosef Brankic scores. It's a one-point Santa Clara lead. The Broncos would go on to stop a driving layup attempt from Malik Fitz. Ball went out of bounds off of Santa Clara. Two seconds left. They had an inbound. Fitz had a 12-foot fall away for the win, and he didn't even hit the iron. Well defended by DJ Mitchell and Trey Wirtz on the play, and that is how the Santa Clara Broncos snapped an eight-game losing streak to the St. Mary's Gales. It was just a phenomenal game through and through, an excellent environment, a big-time win for the program, and really just... A great team effort across the board. Jaden Bediako starting for Willie Caruso. He had eight points and a few boards. He, you know, is not going to play the same type of minutes that Caruso will because he hasn't played as much, but he has looked impressive. David Thompson came in off the bench, gave some energy. Taj Eady knocked down a bucket off the bench. Everyone who's getting into the game is contributing, and it's really great to see the depth of Santa Clara come out this year because that's been a problem in the last couple of years particularly last year with injuries now when I was thinking about who I wanted to talk to about this game I of course went to Josip Frankic the man who had the game-winning bucket with 9.4 seconds left I caught up with him at practice yesterday to talk not just about the game but a little bit about the season at large for Santa Clara here's what it sounded like we're talking with Josip Frankic starting power forward for the Santa Clara Broncos let's start with the win Saturday night against St. Mary's you win there for the first time since 2014 you snap a losing streak to the Gales last year in that arena you lost by 20 points what was the biggest difference from last year to this year um, I think the biggest difference between last year and this year is the competitive edge that we had. You know, we, we came there on a mission. You know, we really wanted to win that game, um, and we played to win. I think that was the biggest thing. You know, our guys came out hungry and humble, and we just did the things that we did uh, to win the game. That was your first road win of the 2019-2020 season. The previous games, Stanford, Nevada, San Francisco, been a little bit of a struggle. What was the turnaround Saturday night up in Moraga? Um, well, we, we've been struggling a lot on the road, and I think the biggest thing for us is just to draw that line in the sand. Um, and we did that. You know, our guys stepped up, especially the young guys. You know, we were throwing a lot of guys in the fire. You know, uh, JB, Jalen, DJ sat out a year. You know, Dave's playing good for us. So we have a lot of guys that, you know, aren't really used to playing on the road like that. So I think they did a great job stepping up, and that, that helped us get a win. You had a bounce-back performance yourself, 22 points, 10 rebounds. You had a little bit of a down night Thursday against San Francisco. For you personally, what was the key to your turnaround Thursday to Saturday night? Uh, the biggest thing, especially in a conference like WCC, is just having a short-term memory, you know, especially with this, our schedule. You play Thursday, then Saturday, so you can't really dwell on it too much. you got to take every game as a individual like an entity. So I feel like I did a good job of that. Um, I just try to bounce back. You know, I always have a positive mindset, and don't let one performance dictate what, what you do. You guys snapped an eight-game losing streak to the Gales going all the way back to 2015. What does it mean for this team to have broken through with such a big victory like that on the road, no less? Uh, I think it was a huge win for us. Uh, we, we've been talking about this game for a while. You know, 
you you want to play every game your best, but there are certain games that you know you circle on your calendar, really focus on, and that was one of those games. You know, they've beaten us every year um, by a lot too. So it's huge for us. I'm really proud of our guys. We played together. It was just it was incredible to be a part of. Last year, there were games where this team only had seven scholarship players available. Now nobody plays more than 26 minutes a game. How big has the team depth been for the Broncos this year? Yeah, depth for us is huge. I think it's really important in what we want to do as a team. You know, we want to run, we want to run with pace, um, play aggressive defense, um, try to just run as fast as we can every possession. So having guys to do that, I think, helps us a lot. You know, we have more possessions. Um, not as many guys are as tired. Um, more people get to play. It's a different dynamic each, each time on the floor. So... I think it's really been helpful for us, and I think that's why we're, we're doing well. Your game itself has evolved as, as your time has gone on here at Santa Clara. You're averaging more assists now than you have at any point in the last couple of years. What's that evolution of your game been like? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing for me was trying to focus on my assist-to-turnover ratio. My first two years, it was horrendous. I know I remember me and Coach had a long talk. He told me I should pick that up because I'm capable of doing that. So, you know, this year I just really focus on letting the game come to me and play the way I play. So trying to just be a team player and do what we do what I got to do to help the team win I don't know if you knew this but Saturday night you made your 51st consecutive start for Santa Clara there are no seniors on this roster do you feel like you have to be the leader the vocal leader offensively and defensively for this team of course you know I definitely put that weight on my shoulders you know I consider myself a leader on this team um coming even last year you know we had a we were a young team last year and I consider myself a leader then so you know as I moved on with my career here I just try to do uh more and more things in order to be able to lead my team and, and help them win. One of the most consistent but still improving players Herb Sendek has had during his time here as the head coach at Santa Clara University. I'm sure someone that he loves being able to put into the starting lineup and count on day in and day out. Looking ahead this week for Santa Clara, it does not get any easier. Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock on ESPN2, They take on the Gonzaga Bulldogs, number one team in the country right now, undefeated in West Coast Conference play. They've won 32 straight games up there at the McCarthy Athletic Center. Their last loss came in 2018 against the St. Mary's Gales. But the Broncos are going to look to pick up their first win against the Zags since 2011 and their first up in Spokane since 2007. We're going to have that game on KSCU. Pre-game will begin at 7.40. Tip-off will be at 8 o'clock. And then make sure you tune in on Saturday as well, 6 p.m. The Broncos take on the surging Pacific Tigers. That could be a big game in terms of West Coast Conference seating going forward and should be a great one. Both those games will be on KSCU, 8 p.m. on Thursday, 6 p.m. on Saturday. That's going to do it for this episode of the Believe in Santa Clara Sports Podcast. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already and tune in to the next episode to get updates on all things Santa Clara and WCC basketball right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast platform for professionals. You can also follow me on Twitter at Smalls underscore 55 or on Instagram at Smalls underscore 5 to keep up with all of the sports broadcasts happening on KSCU. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I'm Spencer McLaughlin signing off for this week, saying so long and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E. 
AV on YouTube.